Hi, this is Chris, host of A Couple of Drips. Just before we start, I wanted to say a quick word about our subscribers' memberships. If you'd like to help support future episodes, you can subscribe to the show for a few pounds a month. This will help fund production, coffee and guest expenses. Simply click on the support button in the episode description. Cheers and enjoy the show. Uh, Is this thing working? Hello? Is anyone there? Settle in and turn it up. It's time for a couple of drips. Coffee, conversation, and occasional quips. Here's your host, Chris Granger. Welcome to a couple of drips. We are finally back. Uh, It's been such a long time, such a long hiatus. I can only apologize for what has been an anus horribilis. It has been a fucking awful 2021, an absolute nightmare of a year. It has been the year equivalent of a turd that floats and won't go down when you've just done your first poop at your new boss's house. And of course, there's no toilet brush. Oh, it's so good to be back. And um, I thought nothing better to do on this episode than welcome back a guest who, during lockdown, we could only talk to at a distance to actually have him face to face uh in the studio is amazing please welcome mr jamie summerfield hello sir hello chris how are you it's so nice to you've you're you're a real person with flesh and things i exist i am real as are you i know it's it's very strange isn't it how was how was lockdown for you i mean the last time we spoke you were in the middle of working from home and uh how um how have you found have you found it now you've come out the other end are we out the other end um i don't know it feels that way doesn't it Mm. let's hope so do you know what i think lockdown one that was that was enjoyable Looking mm. back, yeah. If you can, bit of time at home, not yeah. not driving into the office. No, not no cars on the roads. Yeah, yeah. That kind of yeah. everything yeah. just went yeah. so slow, so still. Yeah, we had time to think. Oh, and that's dangerous. Yeah, it was quite but dangerous. Yeah, it was good. I think that the toughest one for me was the the Christmas one. Yes, twenty twenty to twenty twenty one. That was a nightmare. Oh, wasn't it? That was bad. Yeah. But do you know yeah. what? We're coming we're through it. We came we're through it. We came out the other side. And um, we're here and ready to have a good chat about, uh, well, I won't reveal quite yet what today's um, episode is going to be discussing. But um, uh, we'll we'll start off with, uh, I think we'll start off with the coffee scene as it's it's here and going cold. So uh, let's, um, let's, let's have a look at the coffee. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All together I've not wasted my lockdown. I can see what you've been up to. <laughs> I tell you, yeah, locked in here for 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 months on end. I tell you what, yeah. So, um, I, I, we had a rather lovely trip before Christmas, didn't we, Jamie? We did. We went to Manchester. Would you like to tell the boys and girls what we did? Well, we went to Manchester, mm. uh, didn't we? We um, we did had a wonderful uh, day in Manchester. Drinking coffee. Drinking coffee. We were, was it two or three thing. coffee houses we went to? Two, I think. I think only two, actually. I think only two. Yeah. Nero to start with. Yes. And then, which we'll come on to in a minute, 200 degrees, which we'll, we'll come back to in a minute. But uh, we were there for a very special occasion, weren't we? We certainly were. We saw Mr. Rick Wakeman. Mr. Richard Wakeman. Mr. Richard Wakeman. Wakeman doing his not quite so grumpy as last Christmas tour. Yeah. Which was incredibly enjoyable and very, very nice. And it was uh, beautiful. He normally, I mean, you and me, you, you and me, you and I have been to these uh, Wakeman concerts a few times, and it's normally just him and a piano. So to have him, and he had a couple of synths this time, mm. played some wonderful stuff we'd never heard, including that Seahorses track. Do you remember that? That was I do. Yeah. amazing. If you've not heard Seahorses by Rick Wakeman, do check it out. It's sublime beautiful absolutely beautiful so while we were there we did uh, quite a bit of coffee and uh, something else which is to do with the subject of today which we'll move on to in a minute but um well we went to 200 degrees and um, we discovered a bit of a gem did we not jamie i think it was uh the perhaps the coffee highlight for me of last year it was um I thought you were going to say of your life then. I was, just, I was going to say steady on, you know, they'll be putting the price up. Yes, it, no, it, it was remarkable. It's, uh, I, um, What did you order? You you ordered like a... I did you ordered, just order an Americano? Or I did. I just went for their standard Americano, mm. which, which I was absolutely delighted with. Mm. It was, it was mm. really beautiful. Mm. Uh, enjoying it, mm. and then you sat down with yours. Meanwhile, while Jamie was at the till ordering an Americano, I was stood looking at the menu, and I noticed that they did do drip filter coffee. And I ordered their speciality Christmas coffee, which was called the Roast of Christmas Past. Love the title. Which um, was a Ugandan, for, for the coffee aficionados listening it's uh, grown at altitude 1300 to 1900 meters above sea level it's a natural process and it had hints of strawberry dark chocolate and walnut um and i, I it was so good well you tried it didn't you you tried a bit of mine I did. I don't know what COVID regulation I broke, but I had a little sip. The one where you're not supposed to share a coffee cup. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little sip and it blew me away. Yeah. It, it really is. You it know was that, amazing. That feeling when the coffee I had was kind of in two dimensions and it was good. And then nice. all of a sudden, a sip of, of that Ugandan stuff. 
and it was like an explosion of colour. That's a that's a really that's a really good way of 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 putting it actually. And I actually went. It was so good. I went up to the bar and said, "Can I buy some of this?" And I was going to buy you a bag, but there was only one bag left, so I had it. Yeah, that's yeah. Sorry, we, we need that, to mate. talk about that. That was a wonderful coffee, and it kind of made the day even better than it already was. So, what are we drinking, Jamie? Uh, Chris, this is a coffee from El Salvador uh, called Las Luces. Mm, very nice. Uh, yeah, lots of S's there. Lots of S's. Um, and it's got, uh, well, the card says that it's got hints of guava and kiwi. Very nice. And I think with it being a light coffee, you yeah. get the, that lovely light fruitiness. I do like a light coffee, yeah, yeah for, that, for that for that reason. Sometimes I think a dark coffee has been roasted dark to kind of hide a number of sins, mm. you know. Um, but, yeah. uh, and who's this from? This is, it's a packed coffee love love packed coffee subscriptions fantastic amazing subscriptions aren't they really good this one i believe is on the middle tier of the three tiers that you can that you can have okay but the nice thing about the pack subscription of course is that uh, they email you a week before you get your coffee to check that of the coffee they've chosen for you you want that one Mm. and then they they send it and you can change the date that it's sent out if you want Uh, i think you can have anything from 60 days apart to a coffee bag sent every day Mm. why would you do that well maybe um (laughs) but you can also change the coffee before it's shipped but the other nice thing about it is that um about a week after you've had the coffee they email you to ask you if you liked the coffee Mm. and then you can star rate the coffee on the website you will be offered that coffee again or not depending on depending on whether you like it but also it allows you to blog your coffee because you can put a few words with it as well Mm. you can blog your coffee experience on their site and that's always accessible from your account so it's kind of a nice it's like it's like um a long-winded version of the spotify algorithm yeah so you punch in what you like over Mm. the months and then you get just coffee that you yeah that's suited to you. That wasn't you like. there? Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't there a real ale app that you used to use where you used to you try an ale and then you you'd blog about it, sort of thing. Yeah, that that's an amazing app. And typically now I can't remember what it's that's called. That's all right. Well, I'll put the um, I'll get the name off you and put it in the blurb underneath the yeah. uh, underneath the show description on Anchor. It's yeah. brilliant. It, it, you know, people. Uh, post pictures of their beer with their little description, star ratings. Very nice. That's, yeah, really good uh, good way of finding Be- out about new beers. Beautiful, beautiful. Back to the coffee for a second. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what do you think? What would you rate, what would you rate this? What, what kind of flavours are you getting out of it? I'm getting uh, a really lovely kind of tropical fruit mm. um, top note. Very nice, very nice. Uh, which which is really I love that kind of. I just well, say Jamie and I did a um, did a world's largest coffee tasting uh, with uh, James Hoffman um, about eighteen months ago, mm-hmm. and um, since then he's been going on about mouthfeel, astringency, 
acidity and i'm quite jealous because over lockdown i think i had like a long covid and i completely lost all the coffee started tasting the same to me and it's only the last two months maybe that i've gone oh i can taste this and i can taste that and it's all kind of coming back but uh, that's horrible it was horrible losing a sense like that isn't it yeah especially when you look how much i was spending on coffee and then i was going can't taste the difference it will taste like nescafe you should have just bought mellow birds for a few months (laughs) it would have made me smile <laughs> and on that note talking of coffee I mean, and, and and our love of coffee if you do like what we do if you really if you fancy a packed subscription drop me an email and i'll give you a code and we can get a five hours worth of coffee each but if you if you like what we do you can actually um buy us a coffee hi there and thanks for listening to a couple of drips if you like what we do and would like to help support future episodes, then you can do so by buying us a coffee. One-off donations or memberships are available. Just go to coffee.com, that's ko-fi.com, forward slash couple of drips. Thanks for your support. So when we were in Manchester and we were visiting um, Mr. Wakeman, we uh, obviously, after a couple of coffee shops, we started doing one of our other obsessions. I think it's fair to call it that. Cause... I think it's fair to call it an obsession. I, I, we don't do things by halves, do we? We could buy Nescafe. There's nothing wrong with Nescafe. But why buy Nescafe when you can make a V60? or an Aeropress, or a Chemex, or a Kalita, or, or an Espresso, or, or whatever you want. But our other obsession is uh, is vinyl. And uh, there's been a bit of a kind of resurgence of vinyl during, uh, during lockdown. And I have to confess, both Jamie and I have started fervently recollecting vinyl and, and kind of recapturing our youth i mean obviously uh, you've bought some recently but but previously to that when was the last time you dusted off the old record player wow blimey do you know what when we we moved to the house where we live uh now in 2002 wow and up until that point i'd, I'd played vinyl or you know all through my teenage years yep. young adulthood and then made this bizarre decision in 2002 to put it all up in the loft. Yeah. We moved into the house. Thought, where's it going? Where's the record player going to go? We'll stick it in the loft yeah. just just for now. Just it's not a permanent arrangement. No. And then you know, 19 years later, it the, finally the all dust came has down. gathered. The records have all warped in the sun. No, hopefully not. No, not. But not. Uh, yeah. So what? What's your um? What's your vinyl history then? What was your uh, uh, when did you first start collecting? The, well, the the first record I ever bought was uh, Vienna by Ultravox. That was like a... Uh, I used to get a pound pocket money every week. Nice. Uh, those were the days. Those were the days. It went a long way. Well, it, it bought me a single. And yeah. I'd, I'd walk down um, into town and go to one of two places, mm. uh, Woolies. You could do a whole podcast on, on Woolies. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Or Bevan's um, record shop. It was run by Ellis Bevan, who was a very famous politician in Stoke. And he, he was Lord Mayor 
many times. Oh. And he was the man who saved Longton Town Hall. There's a beautiful uh, building as you come under the, the railway bridge and really beautiful town hall. Kind but, of Victorian-y. Yeah, yeah. but it was in rack and ruin. And yeah. it was at one point in danger of being knocked down. Yeah. And he led this campaign. It's on the opposite side of the road to the sex shop, isn't it? Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's. I think. Don't it's, pretend you don't know. I've Come di- on, I've driven past. Oh, uh, right, I've, okay. Uh, almost crashed my car. Yeah, I've, well, uh, you know, looked in the window. But yeah, it's I not think, what you're expecting, is it? In not really in that area of Stoke-on-Trent. Mm. He saved this place, and so he was a legend locally. But he'd always run this record shop. That was his trade, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I always used to buy a single. Uh, from either there or Woolies, every single week. Pound pocket money on So the when Friday. you said to your mum, I'm going to Burslem to buy some vinyl, she knew you were going to the record shop. Um, she did. She, 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 <laughs> <laughs> she didn't think you were going on the other side of the road, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> well, maybe she did. Maybe. I don't know. But I'd, I'd always come back clutching. Teenage boys. <laughs> Not, not clutching teenage boys, obviously. <laughs> clutching records. So Vienna, that's an interesting... That's that's quite an epic first single, actually. Because I think my yeah. first record... Well, my first single I remember buying was um, The Can Can by Bad Manners. I bought that one too. I which was fantastic. That. Yeah. Um, and the reason I started buying it, and here's an interesting lead into going into doing podcasts, but the reason that I bought that particular uh, record was because when I was a kid, I got a book out of the school library, which was How to Be a DJ. Oh, nice. And I always wanted to be a DJ as a kid. It was yeah. what I was going to do. I was going to be a disc jockey. And um, in the old sense, uh, not in the the sort of, you know, what a DJ is now, kind of mixing and scratching and sampling. It was like a, hello, pop listeners, and welcome to the show, and uh, you're listening to uh, Fairport Convention. It was that type of DJ that I wanted to be, the the type that go to family parties and talk all the way through the wedding, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> but, yeah, so I got, I got this book out, and I really wanted to do it. My dad said, well, what you need to do is you need to spend your pocket money on buying the number one single it, it it doesn't the number one doesn't change every week so you're not going to have to do it every single week but you should buy all the number one singles unbeknownst to me sometimes some number ones get forgotten and it's the number twos or number threes that mm-hmm. that kind of you you know get get remembered classic classic um classic example aha take on me only made it to number two so what knocked that off the top spot i can't i can't remember but Strangely, their follow-up single, The Sun Always Shines on TV, because there weren't as many sales that week, made it to number one, but it's mm. not clearly not as good a record, you know. Oh, no. So, yeah, but I mean, but but there you go. So I ended up with quite a large collection of singles. Um, but um, my first album was uh, was a Christmas present, and it was the soundtrack to Greece. Uh, okay. What was your, can you remember what your first album was? Um, I can. The first album... Um, and again, I think it was a Christmas present, uh, and it was the Human League. Um, Dare was it? It was Dare. Fabulous. And to, oh man, to this day, it remains just one of my favourites. 
Um, and it also, it's not about the music with vinyl, is it? Some, you know, that, what I can remember about the Dare album is the photographs and the gatefold opening up to the close-ups on all the band members. And it's just, oh, it's that, that, that first vinyl. But for me, it wasn't about collecting as such. It was just, it was about, I was obsessed from a really young age by music and by pop stars. Um, I, I remember I must have spent about six months of my childhood, when I was about eight or nine, dressed up as Adamant. I used to, I had the, the shirt, the white shirt that he wore, a little uh, waistcoat. I'd use my mum's makeup to do the white stripe over my nose. Wow. And it was just, there was something about this stuff which just transported you somewhere else. And I guess you realised at the time that ridicule was nothing to be scared of. I did. I did. It was a harsh lesson, but uh, through Adamant, <laughs> I, I learned it. <laughs> Apologies to listeners if you heard some interesting bangs and noises during that bit of um, Jamie's. My headphone cable got stuck around the wheels of my chair. Anyone think we're going out alive, wouldn't you? <laughs> and that, that was the sound of me ad-libbing. <laughs> So, first record, uh, we know, last record you bought. And because you can probably remember, tell me where and when. Um, the last record that I bought on vinyl was bought at a wonderful bi-monthly record fair ah. in Crewe, uh, which we've been going to recently. And the album I bought was called Swimming by Mac Miller. The late, great Mac Miller. The late, great, yeah. He's um, tragically gone before his time. Yeah, he, um, I don't know how old he was when he died. He was very young, 26. 26, something like that, um, yeah. 26, 27. Horrific. Yeah. It was a, a yeah. really sad case, yeah. drugs overdose. Yeah. Um, but he was one talented uh, yeah. songwriter oh, yeah. or a musician. Yeah. It's really... Your your daughter actually introduced me to some of the, the yeah. stuff on... Uh, tiny desk concerts where he's playing with Thundercat. Absolutely yeah, amazing. That's right. Absolutely yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. You you bought at the record fairs there. I mean, the, these are something like like the old computer fairs where you'd you'd mm. buy your bits for your PC. These are things that have kind of been around very much under the radar for years, secondhand record fairs. But obviously they, they, they must have almost died a death at one point and then they're suddenly making a, a massive comeback as is vinyl i mean what's your what's your opinion really as to um as to why vinyl there's such a vinyl resurgence at the moment oh it's a big question isn't it i mean personally for me thinking that i didn't have vinyl in my life for 20 years mm. after loving it yeah the reason i reconnected with it i think you asked about lockdowns earlier yeah for me it was in those lockdowns i think we were all craving, I know I was, just that connection with with, oh, with, okay. with people. Yeah, We just all felt so isolated and so yeah. disconnected from everything. And for me, vinyl really helped me to get that sense of reconnection back. Do you think it was, it was kind of recapturing the youth a little bit to some mm. extent? Or is it more sort of, uh, or was it more sort of looking for a lockdown hobby or... 
or feeling a kinship with other record buyers or, or maybe a, a bit a of bit of all of those of all, things yeah. i think definitely um you can't help it can you when you're playing vinyl there's a bit of you that's still a teenager listening yeah. to me that you just do not get yeah. through listening to it on spotify or, or other ways yeah but for me it it's hard to explain i, I love the community around vinyl mm. i love um you know record fairs like you say you, I, I would agree with that we've yeah. certainly been to the record fairs and we we've, we've we've got to know a, a you know a, a few of the people there like uh, kendall from strand records yeah and you know always engage in a conversation you know and just know them through having that common hobby mm. you know uh that 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 thing in common that you can talk about so I mean that is a kind of even though it's a hobby that started in lockdown, it's kind of since lockdown it it's helped connect with people a little bit more, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. But but there is a thing I, I I personally feel that if everything is available, then nothing has any value. There's something to be said for that. I don't know about you, but on Spotify, you've literally got or any of the other other streaming services are available. Deezer, Cubis. Amazon yeah. Music. Tons of them, isn't there? Yeah. But you've literally got... Tidal. Tidal. <laughs> high quality. High um, quality. Music. But you've literally got the, 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 the history of recorded music at your fingertips. Yeah. And yeah. how many times have you kind of put Spotify on? You haven't got a clue what to play. No. Uh, there's no, no doubt. There's no... It's no doubt that the rise of playlists and things like that... Yeah. ...is because there's... there's there's so much stuff there. You yep. need help curating it yeah. in a way. So, I mean, I, I don't know if you feel this, but I, I look at playlists and I think what someone has done here is they've made a compilation tape. That's what it is. They've, they've essentially said, there's too much here to listen to, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to make you a sample of the music that I think you'd like. Mm, that's it. It's yeah. a compilation album. That's it's, it. it's, it's a mixtape. But do you know what it does? It basically becomes background music. Yeah, I I found because it's valueless now. Yeah, yeah. and also because it's it, it feels more ephemeral and it feels less of a of a thing, an event, mm. an occasion. Mm. Um, which I think when you listen to vinyl, um, you don't have that. You can when I when I put an album on. It is a complete immersion in that music. Yeah, I'm not doing anything else. Um, I love just you know sitting, listening, and properly soaking up that music. And I'd not done that for years. You know, music became it was very much on my peripheral music yep. for years. Um, and then vinyl just brought it slap bang in the center of my life again. Yeah. And so that I'm really grateful for that, um, and I know that there's a sense of nostalgia and a sense of trying to reclaim the past around vinyl. But I think it's more than that. Mm. I think it's people again for me. I think it's about kicking back against this digital tsunami that we're all mm. battling through and swimming in every day. Yeah, um, and just taking back a little bit of control uh, against that. And I think as uh, I think as was said on tomorrow's world. Instead of a needle and cartridge, a laser beam picks up the track by reading that sequence of bits and spaces and converting it back into the pure sounds of the original music. Now, whether there's a market for this kind of disc remains to be seen. 
Uh, hindsight is a wonderful thing, isn't it? <laughs> Tomorrow's world. Tomorrow's right. world. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. In fact... And, and that's as much as we can do with avoiding copyright. So. <laughs> I mean, you talked about record fairs, obviously a great place to, to meet like-minded people and to buy second-hand records. But um, obviously they, there's new records there as well. Do you favour buying the new or the second-hand from the fairs? Which which do you tend to look for? Um, do you know what? Before I answer that, I think we should just give the, the crew record fair a bit of a plug because it's... Go for it. It's such a great event. Um, it's in the, the, the old Victorian Market Hall yeah. in the centre of Crewe, right next to the Lyceum Theatre. Yes. And they've kind of... Fant- fantastic place to hold a record fair. Yeah, and it's it's been transformed, that place, into... It seems to be the done thing now, but there's, uh, there's street food in there, you can get a beer in there, yeah. you know, communal seating in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can kind of have something to eat. You we can, have partaken of the street food, Several times. We have. We have gorgeous pizzas, burgers, yeah. Mexican. So this is crew in Cheshire. So for anyone who's listening in Australia. <laughs> come on over. G'day. Mate. G'day, mate. You should come over and... Oh, I get done for that. Accent is that's appalling. But yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? And yeah, when, when it's I'm, fantastic. When I'm there, it, I think it's the it's the thrill. Kid in a sweet shop. It is. It's the thrill of not knowing yeah. what's going to be there. We've all got, I think lists in our head maybe even written down of like records that we're looking for Mm. that we want to find Mm. and so you're kind of hoping that one of them will be there there's always stuff that's there that just throws you that you've forgotten about it or it just looks so exciting or enticing have you ever done that thing where you've got that one in your head that you're looking for and you've gone to the record fair and you've picked up five that you're going to buy and that's basically your budget is you're going to buy those five and then you're carrying those five around that you've purchased. And then you stumble across the record that you went there for in the first place. <laughs> well, I, I, I remember, I think, was it the first time that we went? And mm. and we, we both said to each other, to save ourselves from spending too much money, we'll, we'll go to the cash point. We'll go to the cash point. Set, we'll take out a set amount. Just what we need. And then we can't spend any more than this. I think three times. Three we times you went back to, we're back to, like to the cash points. point. Yeah. Yeah. Easily done. Easily done. So, yeah, sticking to a budget's hard. No. But I don't think I've done that, you know. I think, um, I don't know if our kind of approach to the record fair is different. I kind of just, I've been burned before by seeing something that I really want. Mm. Like, you know, I'm going to leave it. Going to leave it. Have a look. And then it's bloody gone half hour oh, later. Oh, that happened to me at the Christmas one. I saw the Phil Spector Christmas album that you have, and I saw it, and it was £15, brand new, sealed, reissue. Thought, fantastic, brilliant. I'll come back and get that in a bit. Yeah, walked around for half an hour, went and got a burger, came back, and it had gone, of course. It's, it's risky business, isn't it? Yeah. If you if you leave it, it is lots of people there. But I did play a blinder there because I'd been looking for a copy of the Ghostbusters soundtrack for years and years. Because oh, yeah. my mum bought it me after we went to see Ghostbusters. We we went to W. H. Smith's in Warsaw, and she bought me it straight after we'd been to see the film. And I lent it to someone years ago, Andrew Butler, if you're listening. Um, and I haven't seen it for years, and it's been reissued, and I managed to get a brand new pristine copy of it, yeah. which I was very, very happy I, I, about. I, I remember. Occasionally it happens, but the joy of finding that record yeah. for £17 as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I love it. I, I, it doesn't, new or old, it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. Um, 
so so say for instance you're looking for a classic say i know you were looking for miles davis kind of blue recently i was would you rather have an original first pressing that's not in great condition or would you rather have a reissue that plays perfectly i think i'd always go i probably couldn't afford it but i'd always try and try and get the original original stuff out yeah it's and I think some of the, the older vinyl, it might not be in the greatest of condition, mm. but the sound of some of it is, is well, stunning. The, the manufacturing process was ever so slightly different then. And, and of course, it was analogue mastering instead yeah. of digital, so it was tape, and there was the inherent distortion that you get from tape. Mm. Um, and, I mean, I, if you ask me, I would say probably I'd go for a new reissue because I like the sound quality. But then I got from Fish Records in Stone, we should give a shout-out to them, great little record shop. Oh, Fish Records in Stone, I got a Richie Havens album from 1969. Yeah, yeah. Original pressing. Didn't pay an awful lot for it. I can't remember how much I paid for it now. And it's wonderful. It just sounds absolutely amazing. Yeah, and it doesn't yeah. matter that it's a little bit warm. A little bit worn. Yeah, because it sounds so warm. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Saying. I think the best sounding record that I've got is the original Fleetwood Mac Rumours. Oh, nice! You got one of the original pressings goodness with me. a very pretty label. Yes, in the center. It sounds unbelievable. Yeah. Honestly, I, and I, the production on that album is outstanding. Yeah. Was it Roy Thomas Baker? I think produced that album. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. But that sounds amazing. And I've had, you know, I've bought brand new records. Like I bought um, brand new Jarvis Cocker, Ah. the Jarvis album. Yeah. Brilliant album. Yeah. It's a terrible pressing. Oh, what a shame. Jarvis Cocker's, he hasn't bought you a coffee, has he? No. No, I can say it then, yeah. Not yet, Jarvis. (laughs) Really bad pressing. Really disappointing. Candida Doyle, on the other hand, she subscribes all the time, yeah. (laughs) That can be disappointing when you get, particularly like a pre-order in a new record, and it's just poor pressing or it's a bad pressing. What's the reason (sighs) behind that, Chris? As far as I understand it, there can be... To, I mean, it can be a bad master. It mm. can be when they cut the master disc, they don't do a very good job of it. It's a bad master. It can be a factory where there's poor quality vinyl, mm. or the machine could be running at slightly the wrong temperature, or it could be running too hot, and when the record comes off, it, it gets put down and the grooves get, get squashed a little bit. Mm. The, this vinyl, unlike CD, there's so many factors of things that can kind of happen and go wrong in the manufacturing process mm. you know that and and of course then it can be damaged in in trans transit you know um badly packaged um you know obviously the poly polypropylene sleeves are better than just like the paper or the cardboard sleeves yeah, you know but yeah. it, it's it's one of those things you know there are so many factors there yeah um and i've got to say most new stuff yes, that most you new stuff 99 percent of it is yeah. sensationally good yeah. isn't it yeah, it, it really is, is. Um, when you get that one that isn't great, yeah, it yeah. really it's it is. So um, we've talked about record fairs, and obviously there's been a little bit of a resurgence. Although hopefully, fingers crossed, we haven't lost too many of them in lockdown. But there's been a little bit of a resurgence of record shops, mm. those wonderful caverns of mystery, aren't they? We went round a few in Manchester when we were on the Wakeman tour. We did. What was the uh, a vinyl resting place? vinyl resting Resting place place. bonus points yeah that that was absolutely brilliant there is a photo of me there which i may 
include in the episode description sitting outside that uh, which Jamie took. Taking a rest. Taking outside, a rest. Final resting but, place. Uh, yeah, can you remember the, the we went in three record shops, didn't we? We did. There was Vinyl Resting Place. There was Piccadilly Records, oh, which well is remembered. kind of leg- well legendary in Manchester. Yeah. And rightly so. I yeah. mean, it, what I, you know, what I loved about that was that every single bit of vinyl in that shop thousands yeah maybe maybe over 10,000 yeah they every single album had a typed sheet well a description that, of a the description, album and often a review yeah. that, that someone yeah. working at the shop shop had written had actually done and it was That's the, an the attention, attention to, to detail, detail the passion for music and because I'm did, sure like me you've bought an album on the strength of a pretty cover before now you hadn't a clue what it was but you liked the cover so Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But that shop was amazing. They'd also, because we went at Christmas time, yeah. so obviously in December, end of year reviews and roundups, uh, the order of the day. Absolutely. All round the shop, there was like, you know, their 10 best compilation albums. That That's year. right. 10 best rock albums. And they'd produced, what was, I think about an 80-page booklet, yeah. where people who work at the shop had kind of given their albums. That's the right, I remember that, those, those books, yeah. It's just incredible, because yeah. for me, at vinyl and the... Writing, writing because music, obviously you are quite quite close. I love your music journalism yeah. side of your but journalism that, that one life. for me was just a, an exceptional, record fantastic. Shop. And I, I seem it. to remember us sort of dancing down the record aisles to a little bit of uh, French new wave electro pop. We did, didn't we? Yeah, yeah they had this compilation on which yeah. we should have bought. Do you know what? Why that, didn't we buy yeah, that? It, it was <laughs> it was their number one. It was compilation album yeah. of the year, and it was called Pop. Psychedelic. Oh, very well uh, remembered. Yeah, French uh, psychedelic music from 1962 to 1990-something. Yeah. And it's got and it was great. all kinds of stuff on there. It's brilliant. But that's not on streaming services either. Oh, is um, it not? Yeah, mm. you could only buy it. So, yeah, we missed out there. Je regret. I think, Chris, if you're dancing in a record shop to an album, if you don't buy it, then you're the fool. You're you dead know. inside. You're dead inside. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So, I mean, record shops, the, the, the other obvious challenge to record shops is online record purchasing. So we've gone from online streaming to online record purchasing. Now, obviously, we've, we've got the big boys like Amazon, but then we've got, like, Sound of Vinyl and Burning Shed and people like that, those, those kind of independent distributors 
and who are putting things out. And then you've got like Xavi and HMV who are HMV are probably patting themselves on the back because 20 years ago they threw all the record racks out and now the shops are all full of records again. But um, do, you, do you think the online traders are, are, are much of a threat to the record shops? I, I think you have to say that they are. Like mm. any online operation is a, a threat to any physical shop, isn't it? Whether it's vinyl or clothes yeah. or yeah. whatever it is, they, they've got a, a, a fight on their hands. Yeah, But if you... If we go back to what we were saying about like that Piccadilly Records or yeah. Fish Records in Stone yeah. or whichever record shop you go to, there's such a community around it. There's yeah. such a passion yeah. around it. Yeah. You real you feel part of a tribe, and I, that can obviously never be yeah. replicated by online stuff. And if I can, if I can, I always try and get it from the, the record fairs or Brilliant. from the shops. Brilliant. Sometimes it's it's not possible, but it's. You've got to. You see, I'm, a, I'm an optimist in the way that I think that streaming movies doesn't threaten the cinema because mm. the cinema's a different experience. Yeah, yeah. I like to think that the record store, you bump into people, you talk to people, you look through stuff you wouldn't normally look through. Whereas online, it just tends to be pre orders, things that you actually know are kind of coming out. You don't do any real browsing online. You might go through new releases or whatever, or record day, store day releases. But. Mm. But I'd I'd like to think optimistically that it's not a massive threat. You I, know, I I think they've. I mean, you only have to look. I, I watched a um, a documentary uh, a while back, and it was it was made in 2012, mm. so only 10 years ago, and it was set in Newcastle upon Tyne, and it was the the last uh, in Teesside, the the last record shop. In Teesside oh, wow. in 2012. There wow. used to be loads, and it was the final one. And it was a documentary about the owner of the shop, uh, how he was trying to keep it going. Um, and now, you know, 2022, you know, record shops are such a resurgence, you know, supported by things like Record Store Day uh, that you mentioned. And I think they just have to do something completely different. It's got to be about that. Yeah. That, passion yeah. for music that record store day is an interesting thing because obviously it's it, it came about to promote um independent record stores but i noticed that because we had two last year two record store days um to help the record store shops because obviously the year before we didn't have one because of total lockdown but um i noticed last year in between record store day one and record store day two HMV was saying they'd quite like to be able to stock the record store day things, but it's kind of not in the spirit of it. It's about the small independent record stores. And I think if, if HMV start stocking the record store day supplies, then I think that's kind of a threat a little bit too far to the independent record stores. You know, I I think you're right. There's actually a definition, isn't there? That record store day used that I can't remember what it is, but Mm. It's they allow chains, but it's only of so uh, there's a maximum number. Yes, in, so it deliberately, and I I think that's a really brave move. And yeah, really, it I'm is really because you could shift more them. units. You know, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, but it's all about really giving those properly independent small places. Yeah, that real fighting chance. I think. Yeah, I I agree. 
and uh, I really enjoy it as well. I really look forward to it. I think we were queuing outside about half eight in the morning, weren't we, to get into Fish Records? It's great. I love it. It's like um, talking they, to people you'd never normally talk to. What are you here for? What are you trying well, to get? Yeah, this is it. And I love that whole build up to it where you get online maybe a month before. Yeah. This is what's going to be dropping. And you don't know when you walk into that particular shop yeah. what records from that record store day drop they're gonna have. they're gonna have so yeah you could set your heart on something different shops have different records yeah and it really yeah. is that yeah the one that i got i don't know if you remember uh, I, I think it was the first record store day last year whereas i years and years and years ago i used to do a writer fanzine uh for a band called chapter house yes and they were a kind of early 90s long-haired yeah. Stare at your shoes, shoegazy, shoegazy. guitar band. Yep. And I did this fanzine for them and, and ended up writing the sleeve notes for their kind of best of, al- best of album nice. when, they, when they'd split up. Nice. And it, it was a very limited release, only on CD. Mm. And I think it was only for the US market. Yeah. Uh, they were, were much bigger uh, in America. And it was, it was re-released, I think it was a 30-year anniversary so it was re-released on vinyl, and that was so exciting, kind of going into the record shop, not knowing if it would be there. I'd said to him you know, yeah. weeks before and every week, can you get it? Can you make Can you make sure? I was like, oh, I can't. Yeah, there's no guarantee, you know, I don't know. And it was there, and I bought it. Fantastic. And I'll never forget getting out. Were, were your notes still there? They were still there. Oh, They'd, no way! Yeah, yeah. They, awesome. They just kept it as the original. Brilliant. Um 90s, same photograph, same sleeve, uh, and my Lovely. my sleeve notes were there. Immortalised forever. Well, I would have been, but they, they didn't put my name on it. <laughs> so I'm saying I wrote it, I could be lying. I could be lying through my teeth, but it was me. That's such a shame, though. It would be so nice if you had your name on there. I know. I, I got a thank you in their second album, though, thanks to a list of names. I was in there. Very nice. Yeah, it's hardly really name dropping. They're a tiny no. band, you know. So, I mean, um, independent record shops, record store day, vinyl, uh, online, etc. The natural progression there is uh, there's been some supply problems over the last mm. year. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to blame Adele. Everyone else is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I think a bit a lot of the problem as I understand it from from what I've read is the majors tie up the pressing plants with massive orders like half a million pressings when the indie labels are asking for like can we have a thousand of these can we have 2000 of these and obviously if you've got an order for 500,000 coming in and you've got an order for a thousand coming in you're going to prioritise the order for 500,000, are you? Absolutely. And of course, it's become really trendy to listen to vinyl in lockdown. So everyone's bought these kind of little Crosley record player things. Mm. Um, all the kids. And um, and so obviously, like, everyone wants the new Adele album on vinyl. You know, it probably comes with a download code as well, so you can download it. And they've probably got Spotify or other streaming services at the same time as well. How do you feel about that? Do you think it's actually realistically had an impact? Have you noticed any albums um, delayed coming out that you've been waiting for? I think um, loads of 
I, I, I've tried. Um, I didn't, when I got back into vinyl, I didn't just want to kind of rebuy my collection that, you know, that was on CD or, so I've really tried to buy, and I, I love finding new bands and new stuff. So I've tried to kind of support smaller bands. And it obviously the, it's those those labels, those bands, that smaller independent stuff that the pressing issues hitting. Mm. I mean, for example, what, one of my favourite uh, independent labels is called Reckless Yes. And they've got Ooh. this brilliant uh, kind of subscription model. Okay. Going right back to the beginning with like Pact. And, mm. uh, so you can join them as a, as a member. So, oh, okay. And there's a, a gold level, there's a silver level, there's a bronze level. We're, we're not talking like the old Britannia Music Club, are we? <laughs> do you remember that? I do, yeah. <sighs> yeah. That was brilliant. <laughs> so how, how does this work? What, what yeah, happens? So you, it? you pay your subscription on whichever level you want. So the bronze subscription may be um, a number of CDs from the releases they've got planned that year, downloads. Nice. Uh, I think I, I took the silver one, uh, which was... No CDs, just every release they do in 2022, I'll get it on vinyl. Oh, nice. Um, and I love the idea of that. Because That's really nice. So I'll, it's just that label. It's just their... Yeah, it's just records. Just their yes. artists. So yeah, yeah, that's right. And they've got some... I mean anyone just have a, a great at, way of supporting an independent isn't it it is because then they get money up front yeah you're supporting them throughout the year it's not just the odd purchase yeah and i thought you know with a lot of stuff if you support something sometimes you've got to back it as well yeah. haven't yeah. you you yeah. know it's important yeah. to kind of put money where your mouth is yeah, yeah. that's right yeah, yeah. And I'm, but obviously i'm getting reckless yes vinyls this year but there's it's going to hit that definitely there's going to yeah. be a delay on the vinyl so it might yeah. be that i won't start to get my vinyl i'll get probably get a glut of it later in the year yeah so it's definitely hitting them and if any, anyone's interested in in how this has hit independent labels just look out uh, for sarah lay uh, who runs reckless yes and she's also a music journalist a, a damn fine one and she's written lots of stuff um you just find reckless yes. Online. I'll put a I'll put a link in the bio yeah, for the episode. She's yeah. uh, she's really kind of hit the nail on the head about just how tough it is right now when it should be a renaissance yeah. for independent labels, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, independent definitely. record shops. I've, I've certainly noticed massive. one or two of my pre-orders like have should you? have come before Christmas. They came after Christmas, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been some supply problems. So yeah, but yeah. I don't know what the answer is because. Well, the answer is more pressing plants. But who's going to... Unfortunately, I mean, if, if you've watched any of the kind of documentaries on YouTube, a lot, of the, a lot of the pressing plants and a lot of the machines were made in the 50s, mm. 40s and 50s, and a lot of the pressing plants are in the Eastern Bloc, for want of a better okay. term, so Poland, former Czech Republic, mm. Russia, because obviously they were still, when they were behind the Iron Curtain, they were still pressing vinyl there because they weren't pressing cds because of the costs at the time so they were still cutting things onto vinyl have you ever seen those just side points you ever seen those records cut into an x-ray no you're gonna play the tomorrow's world theme tune again i feel feel like i should (laughs) what Um, the hell when it was particularly like east berlin and prague when there was a shortage of vinyl and they 
there was no money and they couldn't get the vinyl. There was a lot of bootlegs. They used to cut bootlegs into old x-rays. So you'd get the old x-rays. You see someone's broken ankle or something. And it'd have, like, a, a Beatles record on it or something, you know. But these <laughs> things brilliant. are worth a fortune now. The sound quality is appalling, obviously. Yeah, yeah. They're like the old flexi-discs you used to get in magazines oh, in the yeah. 80s. Yeah. Remember those? Oh, oh, my word, yeah. 80s, 70s, was it? Probably yeah. 70s. Even the 90s, you know. I oh, remember, really? Really? I remember early 90s, yeah, getting one. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't remember which magazine it was, but, yeah, definitely. Yeah. In the early 90s. It yeah. wasn't looking, was it? Oh, I used to love looking. Eagle annual. Enemy. <laughs> Did it was looking the one that all it was was basically posters and lyrics. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah. What, what more yeah, do you but need? But loads of free gifts as well. I yeah. got an Adamant ring once. Uh, I remember getting something yeah. uh, Adamant Oh, it's like a pendant, I think. It wasn't a ring. It was like yeah. a skull and crossbone. I got like a key I think it was a key ring thing. Uh, with nice. adamant on, I swapped oh. it, swapped it uh, with Michelle Creswell at school, who was in my class, for just this funny pencil that she had. Still hurts. <laughs> that, there's a pained expression on my face. Moving swiftly on. Uh, thanks for that, Jamie. That was that was absolutely brilliant. So um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. Just before you go, though, I wanted to ask you about something else I know you've become obsessed with during lockdown. Oh, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that. It's got to be broadcastable. No. Um, I believe you've become a bit of a fan of American football. I have. Yeah, yeah. Tell us, uh, who do you support and how did you get into it? It's a bizarre thing, isn't it? I got into it about, I think about three or four years ago. Mm. Um, Match the day, Saturday night. This is quite a segue, isn't it? Mm. But match the day, Saturday night. um, I was just getting really fed up of the Premier League. I was finding it really boring. Mm. And immediately after match the day was the NFL show. And so one week it just rolled into the NFL show. Right. So I started watching it and just thought, this this will be interesting. Mm. And I just love learning about new things. Um, yeah. I've just always got that kind of thirst to... So let me just check. The American football thing is the thing where they wear the shoulder pads and the helmets and they charge at each other. Correct. Right, okay. That's the one. That's, yeah. that's the thing. That's the right. one. Okay. It looks, if you, to the untrained eye, you look at it, it just looks like... 22 beefcakes yeah. in crash helmet and pads just charging around. Um, but it's a fun Rugby for softies. Rugby for softies, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, they, they hit each other. Oh, yeah, I know they massively do. It's crazy. Because uh, it's such a phenomenal thing over there because mm. a, a lot of the time, if you can't afford a college education... You can get into college through a, a sports scholarship. Scholarship, yeah, yeah. So yeah. sport is encouraged from a very young age because you might get your fees paid if you can get a... Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not necessarily... You don't want to necessarily be a professional athlete or sports person. But you have that chance of getting sponsored. Without a doubt, yeah. And in America, a lot of the schools... Um, there's a great book called Friday Night Lights. 
uh, which is about uh, an, uh, a, a high school football team. And this school, it's a massive school, um, and the budget for the American football team is something like ten times more than the science department. Fantastic. Which just shows their priorities. Yeah, yeah, They're obsessed yeah. by it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, it's again, it, it's it's just it's it's something. It was something new. So I, I've bought that many books and reading about Brilliant. offensive Brilliant. formations and the, the different defensive yeah. shell schemes yeah. and cover two, cover three. It's just incredible, and I spend so much time now. Mm. It's really unhealthy, I think. <laughs> reading about it, listening to podcasts, watching the games. Do you do you have you got the NFL game on the PlayStation as well? I have, yeah. yeah the uh, the Madden, uh, Madden. That's yeah, it. Couldn't yeah. think of the name then. Madden. Yeah, yeah he yeah. he actually passed away, John Madden, oh. um, just before Christmas, and he was um, an incredible man. Uh, he was a, a kind of coach. Yeah. He went into TV and analysts and stuff like that. No, I mean sports. In just just to get back to that, sports in America yeah. is uh, it's such a family thing. It's such a big thing. You, me, we've both been to the states. I've not been to an American football game, but I've, no, been, I've been to a baseball game. And what struck me there is it was the LA Lakers versus the San Francisco Giants. And what struck me there was the, there's no segregation between the fans. You'd oh no, got, no. you'd got a, a Giants and a Lakers fan sat next to each other. Two mates, best mates, obviously, one supported one team, one supported the other. And then when San Francisco lost, the other guy's putting his arm around him as they're going out and stuff. And none of that kind of segregation in there. So I think in the States, it is, it is. I think, the culture, and it always has been, mm. that kind of family thing. Like yeah. you, my, the, the team that I follow, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. And if you, be, before a game, there's something called tailgating. And it... <laughs> It's not kind of bumper to bumper on the car park, well, it kind of is. There's basically a mass barbecue before every game. So if a game, kicks, I'm in. Yeah, if a get, it's the barbecue state. And if you you go to the match, I'd love to go. If you go to the match, it might kick off. A lot of the uh, the games are on a Sunday lunchtime. Yeah, which again is very very different uh, kind of time uh, to football in this country, or until recently. But you'd, you'd arrive, kick-off is one o'clock. They get there at like eight, nine in the morning. Wow. And everyone pitches up with, uh, you know, all the barbecues. And it's just incredible. You see these aerial shots, thousands of people. And it's a real kind of gathering. Uh, the other team's fans are welcome as well. It's this real kind of beautiful community of people. Um, I can't. I can't explain it, but it's it's joyous in America. I mean, it's yeah, like yeah. Uh, we're, we're recording this the end of January, and we've just had an American football. It's the playoffs at the minute, mm. so it's the kind of Super Bowl soon, isn't it? Super Bowl soon. So it's the knockout yeah. games leading up to the Super. It's yeah. when the shit hits the fan. It gets yeah. so exciting, and there were four games at the weekend, which were all classics. They were absolutely incredible and each one ended with a, 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 a field goal in the final second or a touchdown in overtime yeah um which is like a golden goal in football nice. and this is like this is serious stuff you know you think what's on what's at stake for these teams it's super bowl or bust there's nothing yeah. else yeah. there's no other tournament there's no other 
this is it. Everything's geared up for the Super Bowl. And for the fans, it's, I mean, the atmosphere in these stadiums was incredible. But for example, Kansas City Chiefs beat the Buffalo Bills. And it was a heart-wrenching loss for the Bills. It, mm. I felt so sorry for them. Mm. It was just, they were, I don't want to get, <laughs> sorry, I'm ranting now. No, but no. They, <laughs> they scored a touchdown, Buffalo, yeah. with 13 seconds to go. Oh. To put them in the lead, they're in the, they're in the next round in the, the yeah. championship yeah. game. Yeah. That's it, they're through. Except Kansas came back. Um, and No way. In, in, in less than 13 seconds? Yeah. Wow. Uh, came back it was just this like back and forward it was they're calling it the greatest game in american football history yeah. and buffalo suffered an agonizing defeat it was agonizing uh, for them to lose that way wow and yet their supporters in the stadium you know there's no no trouble no yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know why that is thanks for listening to a couple of drips if you'd like to follow us on social media you can on twitter just search for at couple of drips yeah please do follow us on the social media if you can we're trying to build a profile you know sooner or later one of these things will happen well jamie um it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here i have one last question for you before you go and i think you kind of touched on it earlier but uh i uh, i want to ask you formally would you say you're a man of obsessions when it comes to hobbies that's a good question, isn't it? I, I thought so. I'll just sit back. I, th- <laughs> I think... You're on your own. <laughs> I think I probably am. Uh, I think I've got a slightly obsessional personality, I think. I, uh, for instance, with music now, my, my good friend Kevin, for, for quite some time, has been trying to get me to listening to more jazz. He's a jazz obsessive. Nice. And so right now... <laughs> it's an obvious joke carry on sorry but yeah so now i'm kind of throwing myself into that and reading a lot about uh, particularly like late 50s jazz and blue note and i just yeah i kind of just blue note columbia those those kind of labels yeah and i kind of just throw myself brilliant into things so have you got a jazz recommendation for for the listeners then wow where do you start i well, already mentioned it um, today, Miles Davis, Kind of Blue, mm. which is kind of seen as the greatest jazz record ever made mm. by some people. Um, there's always love that album, love a bit of Dave Brubeck myself as Dave well. Dave Brubeck's amazing, yeah. Got Do you a remember? fantastic record off my sister for Christmas as well. Yeah. Uh, jazz Impressions of Eurasia. I nearly forgot the title then. That's Dave Brubeck, yeah. Dave Brubeck. Yeah, that's really good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. For me, though, the, the one that I... And I I'm no expert, and I'm just mm. enjoying, mm. you know, discovering all this stuff. Mm. Charles Mingus. Oh. Oh, my Bass player God. extraordinaire. He is incredible. He's There's amazing. An album called uh, Mingus R-Um. R-Um. It's a great album. Oh, rocks like a beast. It's mm. brilliant. Yeah. I love it. So, yeah, I'm just really enjoying getting my teeth into that and Fantastic. more. Because uh, would you say you're obsessional about your hobbies? I- Definitely, yeah, de- yeah. I mean, whether it be kitting out the recording studio for a podcast, or whether it be, you know, vinyl collecting or, or music or whatever, you know, yeah, totally. You, you're either or another. I've stopped doing hobbies in the past because I kind of, 
I didn't have time to dedicate to them and I thought they were falling by the wayside and I either couldn't financially commit or just couldn't commit with the time and, I, and I've reached a point in my life where I said like no I've I've got the hobbies I like I've got the hobbies I love I need to spend the time doing them the honour but yeah totally obsessive mm-hmm. I mean you know I was like I need some more Kallax cubes from Ikea to uh, if you're listening Ikea and you want to send me some Kallax cubes uh, I'd like black and white mixed please they look good in your living room they do look good they thank do. you they but do. I have now run out of space <laughs> It's either buy some new Calex or stop buying vinyl. Yeah. And I know what you're going to do. Move, probably. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what, though? What What do you think... Because we say that the Brits are kind of a nation of hobbyists, don't they? Yeah. They do get yeah. obsessed about these things. And I'm just wondering why, again, like in America, there's no violence at sporting events. Mm. What? What? I wonder what it is about generalising massively. You know why we are why these things are so important to us. I think is what I'm asking. Uh, why do we get so passionate about these things? We've always collected things, haven't mm. we? As as Brits, you know, mm. um, other countries <laughs> for a while. Uh, <laughs> that's a very interesting question, actually. I mean, what what is it about us that we feel like we need to? own these things or we need to possess these things in order to to do it but then then why are we so obsessive with every everything you know like if you're if you're running why do you have to then run a marathon if you're mm. you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's if true, you're yeah. collecting vinyl then why have you got to try and get yeah. i think it, it's um they just enrich your life don't they mm. you know we work we have l- limited time and I think those things that you're passionate about, if it's American football or if it's building Big Ben out of matchsticks or if it's whatever it is, it mm. just gives you such richness to your life. It does. It? it does. Yeah. It does. I mean, I, I was I was interesting. I, I follow um, a YouTube channel and podcast of a guy called Tom Buck. And he runs a podcast and and YouTube channel, which I highly recommend, guys. I'll put a link in the blurb, called The Enthusiasm Project. And he said a very interesting thing the other day um, about starting a podcast. And one of the things is, you know, you can you can look at things when you're when you're a creator. You can look at things from a, a number of points of view. Uh, if you look at it from the point of view that I want to make money from it and I want to get loads of hits and i want to all this stuff i've invested in and and that and i want to get this return he said you're probably going to be disappointed you know you're probably going to set yourself up for a fail but it's important to do the creation thing for the sake of doing it and mm. doing it for yourself and for the sake of the hobby if yeah, someone yeah. else listens to it and likes it yeah great but if they don't you know just actually doing it is a big achievement and if yeah. no one listens it's not a reason to not do it <laughs> yeah you know i agree uh, yeah. so i mean that's certainly been my motivation with with this although we are getting more listeners but you know mm. it, it, it's fun doing it and it's fun having a conversation with people and i started mm. having conversations with people that ended up being so interesting i was thinking well maybe if someone was earwigging on this conversation it, it might be kind of interesting yeah, yeah. that's where it comes from which just reminds me to slip in we have got coming up uh, later in the year uh, hopefully this side of easter with a bit of luck but you never know 
anyway. Hopefully got a couple of specials coming up to do with mental health over lockdown. Got uh, two panels lined up. Um, a panel of uh, people who've uh, used mental health services during lockdown and a panel of mental health experts and counsellors. So uh, do look out on the Couple of Drips site for those. Those will be a couple of specials. Not quite sure what we're going to call them yet, but uh, those will be coming up. One final question, Jamie, which I forgot to slip in earlier, but um, album of the year last year. Uh, there were two for me last year. Go for it. I cannot separate them. One is self-esteem, prioritise pleasure. Absolutely. I love the single off that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do this all the time. Yeah. It, it's a phenomenal record from a phenomenal performer she's gonna be she, she's on the new Nevermind the Buzzcocks actually she's yes. really funny yeah, really she funny. is yeah. so she's yeah. from Rotherham and has got that real <laughs> northern Brilliant. sense of humour yeah. yeah. her songwriting it, she's gonna be huge I'm, yeah. I'm convinced yeah. of it convinced of it yeah. and then the other one was so, um, uh, Little Sims sometimes I might be oh. introvert um, again just stunning fantastic I, and I can't separate them I've tried yeah. they're just mighty how about you yeah i mean that's an interesting question i mean if we're talking about albums that i bought last year i would probably say that that richie havens one although it although it's from there is um although it's from 1969 is something i've listened to and listened to and listened to and it's it's, it's absolutely phenomenal um but uh, i have to give a shout out as well although I'm, I'm building up, I've kind of had three here, uh, have to give a shout-out to T for the Tillerman 2 by Cat Stevens, the reworking of T for the Tillerman with different band, uh, well, same band, uh, orchestras, extra layers, new things, and on the one track, Father and Son, when it's the son's point of view, it's 21-year-old um, Cat Stevens singing, mm. and when it's the father's point of view it's 71 year old cat Stevens singing and you can hear how his voice has matured i should say yusef islam as well to give mm. him his modern name but yeah that's a phenomenal album but i have to say my number one album of the year was was an album that could have only been made in lockdown mm. and it's the great colin hay from men at work ah, okay and he did an album in lockdown called fantastically um i just don't know what to do with myself which obviously starts started with that dusty springfield cover but has covers of wichita lineman on it waterloo sunset and various other tracks but uh it's absolutely phenomenal it it came out of a project he came out of boredom when he was in lockdown and he could his touring got suspended and he just started doing covers of songs that had influenced him Mm. and um tells a lovely story on the album cover about um when because he's a he's an expat and he went over the uh what do they call the what were they called? The ten pound Aussies or something? They were called. Mm. I think that's probably the wrong name, but and uh, you could go to Australia for ten pounds or something, and um, ten pound poms. That's I think they it. were called. Yeah. And um, and he he said he remembers in the docks and going on the boat and Waterloo sunset was the thing he heard as the boat pulled out, and so it's kind of evoked those those memories of of emigrating, but also being locked down, being in a strange place. And so, and it's just a great album, and I got it on coloured vinyl, of course, oh. and it's it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. But uh, do you know yeah. what? This it's really bad of me. 
you've talked to me about that album many times and you must listen to it. I yeah. haven't properly listened to it yet. Well, it's really you, bad. Well, we I should will. do. You should listen to it on vinyl here. Mm. We should we should have it have it as a listening party because mm. uh, I think the the most the most enjoyable thing about vinyl as opposed to a playlist is kind of a shared thing, I guess. But streaming is is kind of a solo joyless thing, you know, listening on your phone or your, your earpods or whatever. But I think the thing about vinyl and putting it on, it, it's a ritual as well, put, putting it on the turntable, you know, it's a thing. <laughs> and inviting that, yeah. friends around, yeah. yeah. Inviting friends around and, and just saying, listen to this, you know, that, that reminds me of being a teenager. Listen to this, listen to oh, this, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's, that's yeah. a, a wonderful same for me kind of thing, you know. i think the ritual maybe it comes back to that obsession that we were talking about but rituals are often part of obsession aren't they and absolutely and i think if it's make making a coffee you know that kind of i, I work from home and that kind of ritual at about half past 10 yeah. getting the air press out or the hario and just that, that process oh yeah uh, it's just wonderful and vinyl's yeah. the same thing isn't it you, yeah yeah I can't. I feel my blood pressure. Do you have a croissant with your coffee? I'll take that as a no. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm struggling uh, to admit this because it, it's I a know nice combination. Of yeah. good, well, because you know I'm a bit of a jam obsessive, but yeah, I love a croissant with the coffee. You got to taste the coffee first so it doesn't mm-hmm. get spoiled by the things. But then the contrast, particularly if you've got a light lemony fruity coffee with the yeah. jam and the croissant. It's... Do you know what mine is? It's not croissant. Mm. It is. Um, Dates and nuts. Ooh, if you very get nice. some, you know, like the uh, oh, eat me dates. They're lovely. They're yeah. so, it's like nature's caramel, isn't it? It's just beautiful. So, so beautiful. beautiful. Them with some nuts. Very nice. Oh my goodness, man! I haven't had dates for a long time, but uh, I used to. Um, I had an old boss, uh, Jane Jane Reeves, when I was at Telford College, and uh, she. We went over the one Christmas, and she used to take. Uh, dates or figs and she used to cut the stones out mm. and she used to stuff them with stilton absolutely phenomenal <sighs> absolutely phenomenal yeah oh that that would work with some coffees that, yeah it? yeah maybe like i've really... had dates for a long time i do love a fig roll though yeah i've, I've got a <sighs> you draw the line there that, too oh, dry i don't know what it is about them yeah there's just something mm. i might like the taste but there's something about the texture and the appearance of it. Yeah. One shouts dog biscuit. And then, that is true. And then two, it ju- it just looks like that, I don't know, there's just a feeling of kind of... Dead fly biscuits. Yeah. yeah. And aus- austerity and kind of... Yeah. But then saying that, saying that... Fig roll on the saucer, one fig roll, single fig roll, on the saucer with an espresso. Something about that. Now that... Yeah, I can see that because the dryness of the biscuit, mm. you've got that lovely dark espresso to wash it down. And then, yeah, the food. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, brilliant. Ooh. And on that <laughs> mental image, Jamie Summerfield, I want to thank you very much for being oh. my very special guest on the on the return episode. Well, I've enjoyed it so much. It's it- been an absolute joy and to actually do a podcast with you in the room with me as opposed to on clean feed which was great but you don't get the interaction that you get when you're actually in the room with someone yeah. so 
I, I, I wanted to to do it justice by doing another one with you where we're actually in the room together. Yeah, That's been an grateful. immense amount of fun. We must um, book a meeting to uh, get through some records together and drink some more coffee. As always. It's been fantastic. <laughs> I will put all your social media links and stuff in the in the bump. Follow the links on there. Have a look, and I'll put all Jamie's social media stuff. Thank you very much for being my special oh. guest, Jamie. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, I hope you you'll, hope you'll come on again in the future. And I hope you've had a good time. I certainly will. It's been amazing. Thank you. Great to have the podcast back. Brilliant. Keep it going. Thanks a lot. See you soon. listening to a couple of drips the show was conceived and presented by chris granger and is a cup the mic production ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, Chris here. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the production of future episodes, then subscriptions are available. Simply click on the support button in the episode description. See you next time.